women on the wing. And he got one man down just being him. He wearing Gucci, so he Gucci. He got to know me all drinking Duce. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Fluid Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob Cohen. Back, as always, with my co-host, Avi Virgendra Nicolucci. Avi, I'm curious, how are you feeling about this whole Maurizio Sarri saga? Oh, yeah, that's uh, quite a debacle there. I mean, Andrea, Andrea Pirlo uh, was, was appointed manager recently, even though he was just named uh, U23 manager 10 days ago, I believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like Juventus are in a similar place to Barcelona. They don't really know what they want to be. They want success now. Uh, but, you know, they're bringing in, uh, you know, Sari, a coach who is, you know, well-known for his project building, which takes, you know, several years. But, uh, and he won, you know, the, the league title for the, the ninth straight year. Obviously, they, they just lost in the in Champions League. But, you know, bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo is certainly a short-term fix. And then bringing in Sari is, is more of a long-term one. So it doesn't really seem like they're, they, they know what, what, what they want to do. It's, it's funny, like, Sari does seem like a fine appointment, especially considering we saw his greatest success in Italy with Napoli before. And he took that, you know, that gap year at Chelsea last season. But, uh, you know, they brought in several players. They brought in uh, De Ligt, Rabiot, Aaron Ramsey, Demiral. Um, and it seemed like they were building. Like, like, once Sari gets the players that fit his mold, fit the system, we've seen that it works. It's just, it's strange, not only that they sacked him, but that they replaced him with somebody with no experience. Um, but we all know that Juventus are very comfortable in the Serie A despite, you know, the, what seemed like a race this season. They're pretty comfortable, and they're chasing that Champions League. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how next season goes with Pirlo in his first season. I love the guy, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit shocked, to be honest. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Frank Lampard's, you know, I think he had an appointment. I think they're trying to, you know, bring that same kind of vibe where it's like you have a, a player's coach, a guy who, you know, just recently retired. And, you know, Pirlo from what I've heard is, you know, very chill dude. He doesn't really seem like he'd be a great manager. He's not, not really an inspiring dude, I think, off the pitch. I mean, he, he said in his book he thinks warm-ups are masturbation for fitness coaches. So that's just, I don't know. He, he doesn't really seem to be a manager type to me, but I don't know. We'll see, and uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think this, could, this is really a short-term kind of fix. Uh, you know, I think this is a holdover until they, they find someone that, you know, maybe aligns better. Uh, with what they want to do but they have to figure out what they want to do first so absolutely and, and and I mean I'm a big fan of Pirlo love the guy classiest man you've ever seen so hopefully I, I wish the best for him so yeah I'm most excited about about his outfits on the sideline he's gonna be absolutely <laughs> killing it <laughs> drinking a glass of wine and all yeah um, yeah let's dive into today's episode so you know we're gonna be talking about some of the you know, most overrated and most underrated players of this generation because you know we all spend time you know criticizing players we see on TV. Oh, he was sold for too much money or, you know, why doesn't this guy get more playing time? And so we decided, you know, let's, uh, let's each list five underrated and overrated from about 2000 onward and discuss. So we're going to bounce back and forth. Avi, we're going to start with most overrated players. Who is first on your list? Uh, you want, let's do this in the reverse. Let's start with number five, you know, number five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, my first on my or fifth on my list, uh, we're gonna go with Leighton Baines. Uh, 
you know, he's, uh, you know, well known for his free kicks. He just recently retired uh, after the season, but you know, I think people just overrated him just because he was, he was a good free kick taker. You know, I don't think he was, um, you know, ever really, you know, a top left back in the premier league. Uh, I think, you know, he was just kind of an icon for, for Everton and someone ever, everyone kind of knew just because, uh, you know, he would, he would pop up and score a great goal every now and again. But, um, yeah, just just a player who who was always mentioned, but you know if you look at his work on the pitch, I don't think it it always lived up to to his hype. That's an interesting one. Uh, I'm not sure if he's Everton's, you know, if he has the most appearances for Everton, but he's got to be up there somewhere in terms of most ever appearances. Um, I I don't know if I disagree with you. Um, I don't know how highly rated I ever thought Leighton Baines was, but you are right. He's always kind of been up there in talks of, you know, best left back in the league, you know, for a number of years. And I don't know if he's ever had any outstanding qualities. He's just sort of been relatively reliable, sort of like James Milner uh, without the Champions League title. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll accept that one. I'm, I'm okay with that. It might be a little harsh, but I don't know. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> if you didn't like Leighton like... Baines, if you, did, if, you, if you liked Leighton Baines a little bit, now hopefully you don't. Yeah. <laughs> He's canceled. All right, uh, who, who do you have? Uh, yeah, so I actually, you know what? He's not the, I'll say this. Ross Barkley is overrated. Um, and now you're going to find that I have a number of ex-Everton players on my list. But Ross Barkley was sold for, you know, a fair fee to Chelsea. He was touted as one of the best young players in England. He was supposed to be the future of England. And I mean, Plain and simple, he hasn't lived up to that reputation. Um, for what reasons, I'm not sure. Maybe the system, maybe just hasn't been given the opportunities that he needed. But, I mean, that's just a name that you heard uh, a few years ago saying he's going to be great, and he just hasn't done it. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, I don't know why. I mean, Ross Barkley is one of those players who, for whatever reason, you know, England coaches just love him. They, they, they just always select him. And I, I was always puzzled by it. You know, I, I he you know, didn't seem to bring a whole lot to the table. Not entirely sure, you know, what he's really good at. I mean, apparently, you know, he's, he, I mean, he's an attack mining center mid, but, um, you know, we, we've seen, yeah, his development has, has certainly stagnated at Chelsea. And, um, you know, I think him and Danny Drinkwater, I mean, Danny Drinkwater has had a, a, uh, a further fall, a much further fall than, than uh, Ross Barkley. But I think, you know, similar, similar vein, you know, that they both arrived at Chelsea from smaller clubs and, you know, they're expected to take that next step. And I don't think uh, either of them have really. Yeah, at this point, you see James Madison, Jack Grealish, both emerging as, you know, already the, the more favorable options as the attacking minded center mid for, for England. So. Yeah. Who's up. All right. Uh, number four, most overrated. Uh, this is, this is tough. Uh, <laughs> this might be a little mean, uh, but I'm gonna go with Marco Royce. Uh, <laughs> oh, know, that, is, that's oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> this is you know partly due to injuries. I mean, it's not really his fault necessarily, but you know if you look at it, I, I only felt like he had really one elite season. But since I think it was 2013, 2014, you know, he's been talked you know about constantly in the same breath as you know some of the top uh, you know attacking attack minded you know midfielders in the world, and you know the stats just don't really back it up. I mean. Uh, you know, he, he just really has never lived up to it. And obviously injuries have had a huge part to play. Um, but I, I just think, you know, people need to recognize the fact that he's, he's not really lived up to, you know, that hype. 
Yeah, that's an and interesting. And also, one. you know, being the the FIFA cover doesn't doesn't help. Oh, no that's true. There. Is there a Mad- Madden curse? <laughs> FIFA curse? Yeah, Especially. I think there is. I think there is. For for me, um, you know, longtime servant at Dortmund, he's a leader. Well, you're really going for these veterans. Um, <laughs> no, he's a leader. His stats maybe don't back it up. I really think the bigger issues is injuries. Um, I, I think, I mean, no matter how talented you are, you're worthless if you're if you're not playing. And so. With all the hype that was, you know, built up around him, I, I think that's a fine pick for an overrated player. And, and, you know, people, a lot of people might call this guy a legend, and he's just not. He's not a legend. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's had, you know, three three seasons where he scored, you know, 10 or more, or four, four seasons where he scored 10 or more goals in the Bundesliga. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure he was ever, you know, truly, um, you know, one of the best footballers in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was on that fringe and I think people talked about him like, you know, he was up there with the best boom, but you know, I think he mm-hmm. still had a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously injuries stunted his growth a lot. So I, yeah. this is, I apologize because this is a little <laughs> bit mean, but <laughs> had to be, had to be done. All right. I'm uh, I'm going to stick with my theme of former, well, not, not former, I'm sorry. Current Everton midfielder, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gilfie okay, Sigurdsson okay. was sold by Swansea to Everton. Great business by Swansea for around 50 million pounds, I believe. Um, it was pretty for a player high, yeah. For a player who is, I mean, I don't want to say he's a set-piece merchant, but <laughs> all of his highlights come from set-pieces, from, from free kicks and, and from scoring penalties. And he is a quality player, but he hasn't fit into this Everton squad the way that he did at Swansea. And maybe it was because he, he really was, you know, the star at Swansea. But for that price tag, I just don't think it justifies the, the hype that was around him and, and the performances that he's putting in over the last couple of years. Yeah, that just kind of sums up uh, Everton's transfer policy right there. <laughs> this is what I was a thinking. a lot of money <laughs> exactly. on these players the, who are, you know, they look good, but <laughs> they don't really have the substance. The business Everton does is very questionable. You know, yeah. it will be for 35 million pounds. Not their <laughs> oh best, my God. Not don't their best deal. Not their best deal. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we're starting to see a, see a pattern here. I think free kicks, uh, merchants, or you know, set piece players, <laughs> uh, I think do tend to be overrated because you know they have these great highlights, but uh, you get that all these stats. To, you have the right, stats building up. Right, and I think that tends to skew uh, a lot of people's perceptions of them, and you know, just yeah, just in general. So, and I think clubs also make that mistake. You know, they they see these highlights, and I think they get a little enamored also. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good shout. I mean, I, I like Gilfie Sigurdsson, you know, great to watch him in Iceland, but he really hasn't done much at Everton. Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, <laughs> were we talking about? Or, yeah, uh... Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> he keeps winning penalties, or if he keeps scoring penalties, I don't think you can he call just, him under Another one today, another one today. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> I don't think he'll like the non-penalty expected goal map, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's go to number three here. I think this is this is a, a a a choice that you'll agree with. Um this is, you know, he called himself a legend, I believe. <laughs> oh my Mr. god. Antoine Griezmann. Uh you know, he's he's good. <laughs> he's I don't think he's he's great to say per se. I think he he thinks he's up there with Lionel Messi and, and Cristiano Ronaldo. But uh you know, he, he was he was an icon obviously at Letico. But you know, statistically you know, he, he just hasn't really, he doesn't really blow you out of the, the, the water, I guess. You know, he had 15 goals in La Liga uh, and then he had nine goals this past season. 
the most he's ever scored in La Liga is 19 goals. Or I mean, sorry, 22 goals, which is which is a solid return. Uh, but it's nowhere nowhere close to uh, you know the the best of the best, which I think he thinks, and I think Barcelona thought he was, uh, you know, paying over 100 million um, in, in dollar, 100 million dollars for him. So you know, I, I think uh, you know being being the star at Atletico. Um, you know, really helped him him shine because he kind of had a free role there. But at Barcelona, he he's kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, being the star at Atletico basically means run around the middle and final third of the pitch and do what you want. And Griezmann has enough individual talent to do that because he has nine guys defending behind him. And he's able to do what he wants. We've talked about this on a couple episodes, I think, but he just doesn't fit into this Barca squad. He has not proven to be worth the substantial fee that you know was demanded for him and for that reason alone you know just for that price tag alone and his production the value they've gotten for him he's completely overrated completely overrated yeah and I think the other thing that you know makes people overrate him is his you know participation with France I mean obviously he's good enough to play for their team but you know, being their penalty taker and uh, <laughs> that that uh, L dance he did uh, in the World Cup me, final, I, uh, I was like, come on. That's just, I, I think that just kind of sums up who Antoine Griezmann is, you know, scores a penalty and, uh, you know, does a, you know, outrageous celebration. Uh, uh, the, one yeah. of the most frustrating moments I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think Antoine Griezmann, uh, I think he's certainly come back to, come back down to earth, you know. Mm-hmm. I think he realizes that uh, you know, he's not up there with Messi yet. So, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm in the presence of Messi. I should probably pipe down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to stick with the theme of somebody who has not fulfilled their price tag and somebody who I think will never fulfill his price tag, Mr. Harry Maguire. This is a very, a very recent one, a player who's, you know, barely been on the scene in international football. But, um, you know, most expensive defender of all time, 80 million pounds. Absolutely not worth that money. And I don't think, again, I said he will never be worth that money. He's already 27 years old. He's not getting any faster. Um, so, so Harry Maguire must be on this list. Yeah, I think, you know, his strong performances in, uh, in the World Cup really boosted his value. And that's something, you know, we've heard before. Clubs really should not be looking at, you know, a one-off tournament. It's just a really poor way to evaluate players. So I think that definitely, you know, bumped up his, his price. And, you know, I think United were like, oh, we have to get this guy. But I think, you know, from United's perspective, I think that that price tag might be worth it, you know, for them. Maybe for other clubs, it's not. But I think, you know, they found a, a solid central defender, um, someone that they can really build around in the back. So I think for them, you know, 80 million uh, might make sense. I think from an outsider's perspective, it's a little questionable. But, um, you know, it could pay off what we're going to see next season. I think, you know, that's that's when you're really going to see um, if he's worth it or not. It's very possible. But um, I, I still just don't see that price tag is as appropriate considering Van Dyke went for a few million less a year or two before also coming from the Premier League. Um, and there are defenders around the world who are probably as talented. Maybe they didn't have as good a world cup, but just as talented. And I think you can get for half the price and for, he has improved the defense. Like we can all be honest. He has improved their defense, but I still don't think, you know, I don't want to say he's not a title-winning center back because he could absolutely be a title-winning center back, but he—he's just not—he's not generational like his price tag would suggest, which, like you said, it's an outsider's perspective. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's completely fair. I think you know, from United's perspective, I think he could be worth that because 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think the pickings were, I mean, they weren't slim, but I think in the term, in terms of the, the center back they wanted, you know, I yeah. think they wanted someone who, who'd been in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, I think they felt most comfortable with him, but so mm-hmm. that, that's why his price tag was so high. But, uh, you know, I yeah. think this is a fair shot. And, and we've all seen the compilation videos of him getting, you know, Joe <laughs> Bryan. So it's always fun <laughs> to banter about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Give me your number two. All right, I, I don't think you're going to like this one, so I apologize in advance. Uh, we're going to go with Mezit Ozil. Uh, oh. oh, no. I was just – okay, I had a debate with a friend earlier about this. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, he's the highest earner at Arsenal. I, you know, I'm not exactly sure. You know, what is it, 400000 a week? Um, 350 or so, 350 yeah. okay. Yeah, so – Big difference. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know – I think, you know, Ozil has shown on his day, he can be, you know, spectacular. He can be, you know, one of the best, you know, you know, creative players in the world. Um, you know, you look at his assist numbers. Uh, he, he has, you know, one of the best tallies, uh, you know, from, you know, earlier, you know, two, two, three years ago, uh, you know, he was really, you know, leading the assists um, in the Premier League. And, he, uh, you know, people compare him to Kevin De Bruyne a lot, you know, because the entire assist record and all that, but, you know, you just can't get dropped from the squad. You know, he his he just goes up and down, up and down. And you know, this year, I mean, he's made 18 appearances in the Premier League. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just untenable for, for the amount of wages that he's paying. And um, you know, people people talk about him like he's still, you know, on the cusp of being one of the top five, you know, midfielders in the world. And I just don't think that's the case. I mean, I'm sorry, Arsenal fans who are out there who are delusional. <laughs> I don't think he's the answer. I'm right and, here. You know, okay. I'm yeah. right here. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, you know, his price, you know, the amount that Arsenal are paying him is, is ridiculous. We've all heard that. Um, but yeah, his production has just been, you know, terrible. He had one goal this season. Uh, he had, it wasn't a good you know, goal. It's not a good goal. <laughs> he had five oh, goals the season before that. Uh, he had four goals the season before that. So, you know, he, he's had a decent amount of assists, but uh, it's been a sharp drop-off. I'm going to start by saying I disagree. <laughs> I, I don't think Mesut Ozil is underrated for the reason, the, the reason being, excuse me, I don't think he's an overrated player. Um, when we look back in 10 years on Mesut Ozil's career, we're not going to say, oh, he had a couple seasons where he wasn't playing much at Arsenal. Um, I think we're going to look back and say, Mesut Ozil is, I believe, the only player to be the leading, have the most assists in La Liga, the Premier League, the Champions League, and the World Cup. And I think those statistics are overlooked. And I think, I, I, I don't know how you can, you can call him overrated. You can call him overrated now because of his wage bill. But... He's, I mean, this is a contract that was signed, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, I really think Mesut Ozil is class. And I, I, I think he is, I, I can't say one of the best midfielders of all time, but, you know, German player of the year a few years ago. He's, he, he has all the accolades to back it up. Yeah, so. I, think, I think this one might be a little harsh from my perspective. I think I was kind of looking at it from a more recent perspective. But, I mean, you're right. He had some great years at Madrid and he had a couple, you know, outstanding seasons in the Prem too. Um, but I just felt like still too often he he would just disappear. And I mean, you know, I think Ozil, he requires a certain system to be in. It's not like he's, you know, you can stick him anywhere. He'll make an impact. I think he really, you really have to build a team around him, which mm-hmm. is fine. But I, you know, I think the best players in the world, they'll make an impact. I think wherever you stick them. Yeah. It, it might be his lack of, I don't know, his lack of mobility, um, be, being a number 10, 
being that attacking midfielder, um, you know, he has the vision. His vision is arguably unparalleled, or at least it was. Yeah. But the fact that he, he's not the best at carrying the ball upfield like you see De Bruyne doing and helping players create space for themselves just by taking defenders out of the picture with his dribbling, yeah, um, there is that criticism, and, and it, it is fair. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to keep, keep this theme going. Arsenal fans, you might not like this one. Alexis Sanchez, because it is more recent years, Mesut Ozil goes back six, seven years, right? Ozil was fantastic six, seven years ago. He was racking up the awards, et cetera, et cetera. Alexis Sanchez had one or two brilliant seasons at Arsenal where he was possibly the best player in the league, like genuinely was maybe the best player in the league. But, and and I'm going to use the same argument here, the amount of money that he's being paid at Manchester United now is disgusting. He, uh, you know, they, they, they announced, I'm sorry, at Inter, but, but when he was at United, they just released information on, you know, how much money United were paying him. And it was essentially for every Premier League appearance that Alexis Sanchez made for Manchester United, it cost the club about like $20 million or something, something un- unbelievable like that. And we saw a really sharp decline in Sanchez uh, in his, his last season at Arsenal and onward. And so I think he also does belong on the overrated list. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You know, I think it makes sense. I think people, I think he was more a victim of the circumstances at, at Man U mm-hmm. because, you know, Mourinho brought him in and then it was basically a dumpster fire from there on out. Mm-hmm. And then Ali didn't really care for him. Uh, but I think, you know, at Inter, he's shown a little bit of resurgence. You know, uh, he, he's he's broken in the team and obviously Conte likes him enough to bring him bring him back. So, you know, obviously, you know, I don't think he's going to ever reach the heights that he did. Um, but I think people tend to, you know, bash him a little too hard because of, you know, how poor that United stint was. I think, you know, at Arsenal, he was, I mean, he was, you, you know, can't, can't miss. You know, he was, yeah, he was, he was the man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the most exciting, you know, Premier League players on his day, I think, you know, him and Aiden Hazard, you know, I just love watching those two guys play and they kind of came from a similar era or similar style of play too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. And, uh, agree to disagree. you know, but the thing is, I think when, when I look back on Alexis Sanchez again, like in, in 10 years, I mean, he's going to be a guy where I'm like, wow, like the streets will never forget Alexis Sanchez's year at Arsenal where he tore up the league. It's not going to be like, wow, what a, a brilliant magical career he had. And maybe it is circumstances. It very well yeah. could be circumstances but yeah uh, he it. had some good runs with chile too internationally so yeah yeah uh, overrated for me okay fair enough fair enough now now right. i mean <laughs> i'm not a bitter arsenal fan i promise i no, i mean i have it. to respect it i mean a former 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 arsenal player you, you gotta that's uh that's that's not 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 biased there so all, all right. right uh we'll Who's go to my number overrated? one yeah yeah so this one um this is interesting I, you know i'm curious to think what or hear what you think about this one um, you know, this guy is an icon in pop culture, in the game. Uh, I think the pop culture aspect really um, inflated his, you know, perception. Uh, this is this is David Beckham. <laughs> I think, you know, he was never the best player on his team. I don't think he was really that important to, you know, United's teams. And he was obviously important, but I, he wasn't, I think both, you know, at United and Real Madrid, both both clubs could have dealt, you know, with his absence. You know, 
his free kicks were obviously insane. You know, he had some really, you know, iconic moments. He obviously, you know, is a fashion icon. He made the movie Bend Like Beckham or whatever. Uh, so that, I think that in pop culture, people always, everyone knows David Beckham. I mean, he came to the U.S., he came to MLS. But I think when you look at his contributions, he was a serviceable player. He was a great pro. Uh, but he wasn't game-changing. He wasn't generational. I think he was, you know, a really good pro. Um, but, you know, someone that, that I think gets overrated because he has a lot of iconic moments. Um, and, and, yeah. That's a really interesting take. And, I, w- I mean, I, n- I know we both didn't get to watch Beckham play as much as maybe we would have liked to. Right. Or, but, I mean, on one hand, you could say, you know, that Madrid team was so stacked. Of course, he wasn't the best and he was a part of it. But at the same time, I think you're right in terms of how, you know, pop culture uh, elevated his status because, I mean, in the United States, when you think of, when you think of soccer, you think of David Beckham, which is hilarious because (laughs) there were always, you know, five, 10 players better than him in the world at all times. So again, I I wish I could have watched him more. I I, I don't have a, I can't say as much about Beckham, but um, I'm not going to disagree with, with, with your stance here. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, I remember watching the Royal Wedding in like 2012 or whatever, and he was there. And I was like, <laughs> why is he there? <laughs> I mean, it just kind of shows how, you know, how, how popular he is and, you know, fair play to him for, yeah. for having a career outside of football. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was definitely a Galactico. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my uh, most overrated player before we jump into our underrated players. And, you know, this is one I just think is a very interesting case. And that's Mario Balotelli. And Balotelli is no longer, it's very difficult doing this. He's no longer overrated, I would say. Like right now he's not overrated. But the, you know, the hype around Mario Balotelli back at Inter and at City was unreal. And he was still a fine player, but the expectations set for him were just, he hasn't come close to living up to them. He started playing at Inter at 16 years old. He made, I think, 11 appearances that season, in his first season at 16 years old. And he scored a few goals, and it was great. Moved to City, um, you know, played well. He, he's played at four or five top clubs, um, but he's not become the world-beating striker that, that he was supposed to be. So, Yeah, I mean, I used to be a Mario Bellatelli stand, so I'm very familiar with uh, Bellatelli. <laughs> with but his work? I, yeah, with his work, <laughs> or lack thereof. Um, but, you know, I think with Bellatelli, I think everyone knew how talented he was, but I'm not sure he's the same as these other guys we mentioned because, you know, these other guys, I think they, they hit, you know, a, a certain level where, you know, people would say, mm-hmm. okay, you know, they're, they're really good, maybe not elite, and I think people used to confuse that. But I think with Bellatelli, it was always like, we're still waiting for him to take that next step. You know, he didn't really make it to being, you know, consistent enough where we could even begin to talk about him, you know, as being on the fringes of elite. So I think, you know, he's, you know, one of the, one of the players um, who wasted his potential the most, I think, but I'm not sure people overrated it. I mean, people used to, used to love to, you know, hate on him, you know, because he was extremely flamboyant. He's the bad boy of football. Yeah, he was a bad boy, you know. A lot of different reasons, but I, I'm not sure I ever heard a person, you know, go, you know, Mario Bellatelli is the best striker in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, may, maybe I do mean in terms of his potential and, and all that, you know. Yeah, no, it's it's fair that I mean, he he obviously was a prodigy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I have to give an honorable mention here for uh, Jesse Lingard. Oh, me too. Oh, Jesse Lingard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I will say that the football world has come around and there's a lot of backlash. You know, it's a running joke now on Twitter where he's a a promising youngster. But uh, yeah, and and, uh, another one, uh, Alex Iwobi. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk Iwobi right now. Uh, (laughs) My overrated honorable mention, former Everton man, John Stone's partnership with Nico Otamendi. Nicolas Otamendi. Yeah, I think John Stone's is a great shout I think Ultimendi's a, a clown, but let's go into <laughs> underrated players before we get into that. All right. Um, who, all, right. all right. Yeah, we'll go bottom to top. Who is your, yeah, start with your underrated player. All right. So this might be controversial. I think it might be highly controversial. Uh, but you know, this is a guy who, uh, well-known in pop culture as well, uh, known for his flopping, uh, which I think really detracted from his you know, ability and obviously had a highly publicized move. It's Neymar. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, the price tag, 244 million, uh, that PSG paid to, to Barcelona still, you know, blows my mind to this day. And obviously that's going to overshadow, you know, him. Um, and, and then the whole, you know, transfer saga going, going to PSG, wanting to come back to Barcelona, that obviously taints it. You know, he, he had the whole flopping thing with Brazil. So you have all these, you know, other factors. So that just makes people kind of dislike him, you know, for better or worse. Um, but that, you know, definitely um, changes people's perception of him as a player. And so I think people just thought, oh, he's just a dribbling merchant. He's, you know, he's all he has is skills. But you look at his stats, I mean, they're up there with the, with the best in the world. And, um, you know, maybe if he stayed at Barcelona, he really would be in contention for Ballon d'Ors. I mean, who knows? Um, but, you know, I think he's really seen a – he's had a quiet, quietly really good season this year. Um, him and him and Mbappe really hit their strides, and um, I'm excited to see what what they do in the Champions League. Yeah, I think Neymar is ridiculously good. Um, he might he might even be underrated. You might I mean you might even be right. I think he is one of the most influential individual players in the world. He can he can put a game put the team on his back if he needs to. He really is one of the few in the world that can do that. You know, you have players like Neymar. Eden Hazard at Chelsea, obviously Messi, players who can who can do it all. But at the same time, we've seen it. MSN, probably the greatest front three of all time. He's able to be, uh, you know, a part of of the whole, and he he doesn't have to be the superstar. Um, but he's just as happy to be the superstar, and and he's fantastic. He he he's top three in the world. Yeah, I I think um, you know, people don't realize you know he's not a one trick pony. I mean, he can. He can, you know, his passing range, I think, is so underrated. I mean, he has, you know, one of the, you know, statistically, I mean, he's one of the, you know, top um, expect, expected assist, assisters in the world. And, um, you know, he, he can dribble, he can, he can finish, he has, you know, set piece potential. You know, he's, he's still quick, he's still fast. Um, his vision, I think, is really, really underrated. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, I think people don't really, you know, people, everyone knows Neymar, but I don't think he necessarily pops up all the time when you talk about, you know, top five, top three players, but yeah. I think you really should. Yeah, I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with some Barcelona action here. Somebody who is underrated, especially nowadays, is Ivan Rakitic. Ivan Rakitic gets so much hate, I can't believe it. Yes, he's not as good as he once was, and, and his, some of his decision-making has, has become pretty questionable. You know, passes backward, not you know, he's not an overly progressive player right now, you know, at this point in his career. But, I mean, Rakitic came into Barcelona uh, as the successor to Xavi um, and 
held his own. He really held his own. They won the Champions League that season. He started, he scored, he helped Croatia. I mean, he was absolutely crucial to Croatia getting to the World Cup final. And, you know, he's been a fantastic servant to Barcelona since he joined. And Barcelona fans have been absolutely relentless with him and, and completely, like, 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 tainted his name, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's funny because, you know, Barcelona fans have such a high standard. And I think everyone does for Barcelona players that, you know, just because you might not be good enough to start every week for Barcelona does not mean you're not an amazing footballer. I mean, I, I still think, you know, I agree. I think he's he's a great player. And, I, you know, I feel, I feel bad for him because, you know, he gets a lot of hate. And I kind of want to see him just to succeed because, you know, he's obviously great. You know, he was so key in that Champions League run. Uh, he's done great things for Croatia. So, you know, I, I hope he, he kind of revitalizes his career either at Barca or, you know, somewhere else um, because, you know, he does get a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll go to my number four. Uh, you know, I think this, this one might be controversial too. I mean, some people have very strong feelings about this guy. Uh, Liverpool's number nine, Roberto Firmino. Uh, you know, <laughs> the stats don't necessarily always show it. Um, you know, he's definitely a false nine type of, you know, he's not a traditional striker. Um, he drops deep a lot, but you know, the biggest stat cited was, I don't think he's, uh, he, he scored one goal at Anfield since, since yeah. last season. The final day, uh, I think. Yeah. The final day. Exactly. So, you know, on that head, you know, that, that's a, that's a pretty damning stat. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but you know, he, his primary duty for, for Liverpool is, is really not, um, finishing it's being a creator in that midfield and, and allowing Mane and Firmino or allowing Mane and Salah to basically be the finishers. Um, you know, he drops deep and they, they run behind. So, you know, he had nine goals, eight assists this season. I mean, that's, that's solid. I mean, 17, 17 goal contributions is great. Anyway, you look around, look at it. Um, you know, he had 12 goals, seven assists, you know, the season before, uh, you know, he's been, he's been a, just a, you know, very consistent performer. Um, and, and his performance doesn't always show up in, in the traditional stats. I think uh, what he does is, you know, he creates space. He he links up the play. Um, and I think he's a really unique. I think he's one of the most unique players we have right now. I, I don't know many, you know, center forwards that does do what he does, and and are so happy to let other people score. I was about to support your argument by saying something very similar. Can you name three other players in the world who could play that position in that Liverpool team right now? And I don't know if you, I, I can't, I mean, no. uh, the chemistry that he's formed and the link up that he's formed with, you know, Mane and Salah, uh, as we've seen, it's, you know, the best in the world, possibly. Um, and it, it is a very controversial one, but I mean, simply the system that they play is, is what makes Firmino underrated because Firmino plays as a striker or an attacking midfielder in, in another team. And, you know, I don't know if he's, if he's, as successful and he still scores a handful of goals we have people people forget he he still scores uh, he had i don't know i don't have it in front of me it's something like 10 or 12 goals this season i think across all competitions yeah um, double digits yeah uh, which is i mean he's a center he's not even a striker but <laughs> uh you know minamino is a player who you know chris was on our podcast a, a while ago and chris always talks about how klopp brought in minamino because you know, Minamino is one of the few players out there who can play that false nine role like Firmino. And so I'm, I'm interested to see uh, how they phase in Minamino or if they just stick him on the wing. But just an interesting little point there. Yeah, I mean, I think 
Firmino gets battered a lot for his conversion rate. You know, he's a pretty poor one actually, um, which is a fair criticism, but um, I think people, you know, they have these bad faith arguments. They're not really trying to actually debate, you know, if Firmino's a good player or not. I think they're just trying to bash Liverpool and I think he's an easy target. Um, But, you know, you can't argue with the results. Champions League, uh, you know, he's won a, he's run the Premier League. So, if Jurgen Klopp, if he's good enough for Jurgen Klopp, I think he's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> and and I, I think people, I mean, on Twitter, are just just ridiculous about their their comments. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> what do you? Uh, all right, next up. I mean, we were never going to get through this without me mentioning this man is underrated. But Olivier Giroud, um, Olivier Giroud That's a good one. is. I, I I say this, you know, week in week out. No matter everyone I talk to, one of the most underrated players of this generation. Um, I mean, the amount of stick that he gets. And I mean, he's a banter player somehow. But I mean, for, for his contribution, considering his contributions at Arsenal and now at Chelsea, it's, it's completely unfair, I think, to, to batter him the way that people do. He, first of all, earned the starting role over Tammy Abraham this season, despite the fact that he's, you know, a relatively different player. He started for France, every match in the, excuse, not, not every match in the World Cup, every match except for the first match in 2018, which the, France did not win. I think they drew. They slot Giroud in. He holds the ball up. He doesn't score, which everyone likes to cite, um, except for the fact that, you know, he links up the play as well. So I think Giroud belongs on the underrated list. Yeah, that's, that's a good shout there. Um you know, people wrote, wrote him off at Chelsea this season, you know, halfway through the season because of how well Tammy Abraham was doing. But, you know, he really proved out of the restart that he was, you know, more than capable. He scored, you know, a handful of goals there. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got class. You know, we've seen his – I mean, he has the most ridiculous goal compilations. I saw, I saw a tweet where it was like his kids are going to – his grandkids are going to think he was like the greatest player ever if you just look at his goal compilation. So, uh, you know, he, he's class and, you know, a seasoned veteran – you know, someone almost, I think every club in the, in the world would love to have him regardless if he's starting or not, um, you know, such a good option. And uh, yeah, he, I think he was key to that France, that France victory as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by the way, he's better than, than most players I've ever seen in the box winning headers and directing headers. He's fantastic. Uh, and considering his size, he's very acrobatic. He's yeah. like you said, is his goals, some of his goals he scored very acrobatic, you know some pretty cool goals there and he's got some good hair but uh i digress he's like i mean i think andy carroll's like a light version of of olivier Mm -hmm. giroux so (laughs) yeah i mean his athleticism's i mean insane i mean i still can't get over that scorpion goal i mean that's one i think that's one of the best goals of all time to be honest i mean (laughs) how do you back heel it over your head go bar down like that doesn't even it didn't win goal of the season for the record yeah, I know. <laughs> Emery Chan, but... <laughs> oh, that right. was... Okay, that, <laughs> that was, was great, too. So. That was great, too. Yeah. All right, give me your number right. three. Number, number three, I think I think this is this is one we can all get on board with. This is Frank Ribery. Uh, you know, I think he really should have won a Ballon d'Or 2011-2012. Um, you know, his stats that season were absolutely ridiculous. You know, he had 12 goals, 21, 21 assists. Uh, I think he, he, you know, in the Bundesliga... Um, you know, he, he had a great performance with, with France. You know, I think they, uh, he, he won a number of trophies. I think he won the Champions League that, that year also. Um, so if you look at the stats, I think that's, that's one that's always cited on Twitter is Ribery really should have broke that streak of Messi and Ronaldo, uh, which I agree with. Uh, but also, you know, he's just a really consistent performer. 
um, you know, on the wing for, for Byron, you know, he had double digit goals, um, you know, for a number of seasons in a row. And obviously, I mean, now he's playing for Fiorentina in, in the twilight of his career, but, you know, I think top, one of the top players in the world, you know, probably he, at one point he was, he had the best season in the world um, in 2011, 2012. And I think he's one, you know, people easily forget because, you know, he had Iron Robin on the other side, who was, yep. I think more, more of, a, more of a stylish player than, than Ribery, but I think Ribery was far more consistent. Um, yeah. Yep. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, uh, you know, I'm afraid he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves right now, especially by, you know, younger fans who are starting to watch now. And because of his counterpart on the right wing, Arian Robin, um, you know, possibly the best wing pairing of all time right there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Ribery, consistent performer. Uh, but maybe didn't score the the spectacular goals that Robin did, but you know, but nonetheless belongs on this list. Yeah, who do you got? Three, three. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, former Chelsea striker Diego Costa, simply okay. for you know his time at Chelsea. I think he was one of the most unplayable strikers um, in the world at Chelsea. I, I would absolutely hate to play against him. He scored you know 20 plus goals. Won the Premier League twice. He scored 20 goals in two of his three seasons. Won the Prem twice. Um, he was at, him and Fabregas had a, a brilliant link up uh, at Chelsea for those few years. But just you know, unplayable. Riled up opponents. He was just oh, he was a menace. I love watching him play. I mean, there's always something to see. He had a you know outrageous goal, or he got in a fight with someone. I think some of the off the field stuff or scuffles or whatever kind of maybe tainted his image. But I mean, he was just a beast. I mean, straight up, like he reminds me a little bit of Lukaku, you know, in the style of play. He has the you know the ability to hold off you know any defender. At the same time, he has that you know touch of class in his game too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you know people didn't like Costa because of maybe his personality or he played at Chelsea or whatever, but. Uh, I think he is underrated because of how, you know, it just seemed automatic. He, he made it seem so easy. He, um, one know, of the most effective, one of the most effective strikers I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and he's incredibly hardworking too. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll go to my uh, number two here. Uh, I think this is a man who's starting to get a little, little more love here. Um, this is Kareem Benzema. Uh, Mercedes Benzema, as uh, the, <laughs> the, the Bleacher Report podcast likes to say. Um, but, you know, what a what a what a man uh you know one of the most decorated players you know he's won you know four champions leagues uh he's won i mean he's he's been frozen on the french national team but you know he would have won a world cup um just incredible his goal goal output 21 goals this season in la liga eight assists 21 goals last season seven assists uh you know the departure of cristiano ronaldo on real madrid you know he really filled in that void you know quite nicely um and I think, you know, he's been one of the most consistent performers for, for a while now. You know, he has had some, you know, duds of seasons, you know, in 17-18, he only had five goals and, and 32 appearances. But, you know, in the Champions League, in La Liga, you know, incredibly uh, proficient, incredibly, you know, prolific. Um, and he's been doing it for a while. I mean, 15-16, he had 24 goals. You know, the years before that, he had 15 goals. He's just, you know, a guy that, you expect him to score, you know, when he gets in the box. And I think people overlook him all the time uh, because he was playing alongside Bale and Ronaldo uh, and he was kind of an afterthought. But, you know, I think this season he's pretty much been the focal point of, of Real Madrid and he, he's shown how, how important he is. This, this one's undeniable. Um, completely underrated, right? I mean, he is, I mean, if you're looking at legends, he's a legend. 
I think there is absolutely no way that Real Madrid could have predicted that Benzema would turn into the player and servant that he did when they signed him like 11 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago. I mean, that's a long time that he's been consistently performing. I mean, give or take, you know, one or two seasons, but, um, you know, he, he's a legend. And, and, and yeah. again, criminally underrated. Let me, let me underrated. just read these stats. I mean, Go ahead. 249 goals, 135 assists, and 513 appearances oh my for Real God. Madrid. I mean, that is just mind-blowing. And, and you know, he had a great career at Lyon, too. So, um, you know, I really wish Benzema was still on the French team because I think he he would have. Uh, you know what? Been, that's, I mean, that's part of the issue. That is <laughs> part of the didn't issue. Didn't he call uh, Giroud? Uh, didn't he call? Uh, what did he call? That was uh, the line I was going to use. I forgot. Or something? Yeah, a Ford and a Ferrari or, or a go-kart oh, yeah, and a Ferrari yeah, that's or something. What it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, I mean, Giroud, it's a harsh, Giroud is. But... Yeah. He made. Also, Benzema may be a Ferrari, but Giroud is, is, you know, he's somewhere close. Yeah. I also love uh, Benzema's like Instagram posts. He has like these elaborate videos that look like GTA or, or look like, you know, like a rapper's music video. So shout out, shout out to that too. Love that. Love that. Uh, I'm going to save, you know, I'm going to save this guy for last. I'm going to go with somebody who is, is actually rated relatively highly, but I don't think he's rated highly enough. And that's Yaya Toure. I think Yaya Toure is one of the most complete midfielders of all time. Um, I mean, the man could do absolutely everything. Started, I mean, back at Barcelona, he played center back, okay? Moved to, to Man City and really made a name for himself. Did he play center defensive mid? We don't even know because he could dribble through anyone on the pitch. He could finish. His passing range was strong. Um, and, you know, his physicality as well, his stamina and his strength. He was just the complete package. Um, He's, he's genuinely, you know, what people wish Paul Pogba would become. Genuinely. The all-around midfielder, box-to-box, does it all. And I think he's not given enough credit as, as one of the best midfielders that we've ever seen. I mean, his goal outputs were ridiculous. I mean, he, he was, I, I think he was one of City's highest scorers one season. But, I mean, he did it at Barcelona. He did it at City. Yeah. I think, you know, he proved, um, you know, just he was just an incredible player. You know, I think he was really unique. Um, in his skill set, uh, and maybe part of a dying breed of that kind of box-to-box midfielder. I think, you know, I think the positions now are a little more regimented, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, Leao Turu was just you know a joy to watch, and he has some you know incredible goals. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a, this is a good good pick here. Thank you. And a fun fact about Yaya: I'm pretty sure he's at. I I've read something that he signed for like a, a really small club. Somewhere yeah, no, he, random. Uh, no, he was he was training. I think he he was training with some like fourth division or third division side in England. I think I that's hilarious. Which club it was, but yeah, that that's was hilarious. Pretty funny. Right. Yeah, you gotta love the song. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Give, who's your most underrated player of this generation? Okay, so I think we might have the same one here. Uh, you know, I think this man, you can't underrate him. Because oh, here we go. <laughs> of how good he is. You have an entire, you know, I think probably if you're going to divide the earth up into Messi and Ronaldo fans, I think half the earth thinks this guy's a fraud. Uh, so, you know, that, that's just way too many. And I think Messi, uh, you know, you look at the stats, it, it's just incredible. I mean, what he does, I mean, he could literally, I think he'd play any position, you know, other than defense and he would, you know, be the best in the world at it. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure how much more I can say about this man. I think you all know him. Uh, Lionel Messi, I think most underrated. I think that might be a little controversial, um, but and we saw it. I mean, we just saw it. You need 
he had a, a brilliant goal against um against Napoli on the weekend where you know he fell down and shot from the ground and bent it around the keeper and nobody else in the world can do that i'm not sure nobody I, i'm not sure anyone else in the world has been able to do that before uh you know i think he's a goat and i think way too many people think he's a fraud i I mean, I don't even, I can't even say much about this. Like, you know, it's it, the words, you can't even come up with the words to describe them. And, you know, you, the commentators all say it. Um, you know, I, I like watching the compilation videos with the commentators in the background. And I like to just sit there and cry while I watch messy highlights. <laughs> um, he is, he, he, he is, you know, the beautiful game personified. He, I mean, 94 goals in a calendar year. Like, I, I can't just, even comprehend that. I mean, I forget where I heard this. Some, you know, a friend of mine, I think, said, you know, if this guy stopped shooting, he'd he'd be the greatest passer of all time, and we'd all see it. He, I think, he he made he's one of the greatest passers of all time. His vision is absurd for you know what a lot of people consider to be a goal scorer. He's just, I mean, he's the best at so many things. And I tweeted something out, didn't get much, didn't get much love, but uh, you know, something that my dad always talks about and that we, that we like to, you know, th- that you see is. A lot of the time, you know, Messi has that signature goal where he, he's running on the edge of the box from right to left and he curls it far post. And he is so good at using defenders to shield his shots. Like that goal against Napoli, he did the same thing. You have yeah. Manolas in the way. And the keep, even if the shot's not perfect, the keeper is half a second behind later than he would have been. He's just, I, I, yeah, I can't I think he's, get yeah, emotional he's, he's here. He's so intelligent. Uh, I think he just really changed the way that soccer is played. Or, I mean, I, I think he's just, you know, the most unique player you've ever seen. I mean, the Messi-Ronaldo debate, I mean, it's not really fair. I mean, Ronaldo, we've seen players like him, you know, to be fair. Um, you know, I think I, I'm not sure we're ever going to see a Messi again. I don't think we ever have. Um, so, yeah, I think he's the GOAT. And enough said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually had a different player, even though I, I agree with your number one, and I would have put him number one had I, okay, you know, whatever. But uh my most underrated player of all time, not of all time, I'm sorry, just, uh, you know, a player I think is very underrated is a player you mentioned earlier in passing, Romelu Lukaku. Um, I, I have a lot of hot takes with Lukaku. I have stood by him since, you know, especially during his, his stint at United when, I mean, he was just completely destroyed by the media and by fans, despite the fact that he still scored a lot of goals. Um, uh, you know, I have his stats up, but but, you know, I argue that if he stayed in the Premier League for his entire career, he would finish as the highest scorer in Premier League history. And it's not unreasonable because he was about, one, I think he's 147 goals away from Alan Shearer. And he left when he was 26. He's only 27 years old, by the way. But he left when he was 26. If he averaged 15 goals per season, which he was doing, he would, you know, play till he was 33, 34. He'd finish, he'd be the leading scorer. And that's assuming he didn't score more than 15 each season. He is incredible. His, his production, you know, one of the most, you know, probably one of the most frustrating strikers to play against just because of how strong he is and how well he can hold the ball up, how well he can finish. Um, and he's quicker than you might think. Yeah, I just, I just saw him today. He, he hit a great goal where he just, you know, man, manhandled uh, Edmund Tapsoba uh, in the, in the Leverkusen game, um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, stylistically, he might not be the most pleasing player. I think he's, you know, quite, in, you know, industrial or I don't know, whatever adjective you want to use. I think he can look a little awkward with the ball sometimes. But, I mean, you know, he scores goals. He gets the job done. He's incredibly consistent. Um, and you know, the, the hate, you know, is just ridiculous. And, 
know, he was Manchester United's top scorer by a mile yep. that last season. Uh, and, you know, people are just throwing him under the bus and it's just ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I think he's, he's going to really have a, a, a night. He's already, you know, had a great season with uh, Na- or Inter. And I think that's going to continue. I think he, he's really found himself a, a solid home. And him and Lataro, I mean, they're just so fun to watch. I mean, oh. what, a, what a combination, a little throwback, you know, striker partnership there. You know, Lataro's got all his, you know, cheeky flicks and dribbling. And, you know, uh, uh, Lukaku just, you know, holds the ball up, you know, just finishes chances clinical. clinically. Clinical. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he was amazing at Everton too. Oh, my goodness. I mm-hmm. mean, and at West Brom, he had a great loan spell mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I I agree with this one, and um, you know, way too many Lukaku haters out D- there. Disgustingly <laughs> underrated, and maybe my favorite thing about Lukaku, it's not even you know something you could rate him on. You know, it's not even related to his play, but I just I really like him. You know, from what I see as a person, I really think he's a class act on and off the field. He doesn't complain. Um, you know, he had he, more than the right to you know go off after Manchester United fans just completely you know ganged up against him and, and had it out for him. But, you know, he kept his head down and, and he kept playing and he still scored 28 goals across two seasons in the league. And, you know, I, I respect him a lot as well. Yeah, and he's, he's endured, you know, a lot of, you know, racist abuse in Italy and, and elsewhere. So, you know, he's, he's been really a class act um, on, mm-hmm. on and off the pitch, like he said. So, yeah, I, mean, I really like our list. I think, I think this is great. So I think I'm, I'm happy. we'll tweet him out. Yeah, and see what yeah. people think. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks everyone for, for listening. I gotta, gotta get, give a quick shout out here. Uh, shout out to, to Dean Jones. He, uh, he, uh, he mentioned me in that last, uh, Bleacher Report oh, podcast, yeah? uh, <laughs> PR football ranks. So yeah, go listen to that if you want. Uh, but, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can subscribe uh, to us on Apple podcasts, follow us on, on, uh, Twitter, follow us on Spotify, uh, you know, leave a review, like us, um, and we will catch you next time. Say Maximin, underwing, and you got two men down just being him. They wearing Gucci, so ain't Gucci, because you know me, I'm drinking Gucci.